Hey y'all, welcome back. It's Adi. And it's Shruti right here. And today I want to talk about sort of this rise in anti-feminism and misogyny that I've been kind of seeing on social media and like TikTok and kind of with the recent Supreme Court proceedings too, um, how it's sort of like given way to that. But I also wanted to talk about like both of us being Indian, like South Asian. Obviously, we can speak more about um, the South Asian perspective on this and how both of us being women too, how we've sort of been a part of that, like part of that as well. And, you know, these feelings of misogyny and like anti-feminist kind of like outdated mentalities, how that's affected the way that we are able to live our lives. So um, one like case or like one story that has recently broken out and has gotten like super viral in like um, the brown community on TikTok has been the murder of this 29 year old woman. Her name is Sonia. I'm trying to figure out what her last name is. Gosh, this case is crazy. You should definitely summarize it for sure. Yeah. But wow, I literally blows my mind. Sonia I, Khan. I don't remember her last name. Sonia Khan. Uh, Khan, okay. Yeah, cool. so basically what happened was that she's a 29-year-old woman. And just a few days ago, like three days ago, she got murdered by her ex-husband. So what happened was she has been dating this guy for six years. So I guess like end of college, maybe right after she, she graduated college. And then they dated for six years. They were married for only a year. And then they had to get divorced. Um, after the divorce, um, she moves to Chicago. And he's like back in... Oh, and they're all from Chattanooga. But um, she moves to Chicago, li- tries to like live her life there as a photographer and like heal from this messy, toxic divorce. And he moves down to Georgia and a few days ago he decided to drive up 16 hours from Georgia to Chicago um and at this point he is somehow let into her apartment building even though she had already put a restraining order on him and like told the guards or whatever at the apartment building that yo like this guy is not allowed to be be within like a near vicinity of me But anyway, he gets into the apartment, shoots her point blank in the back of the head, then logs on to her social media profiles like Facebook, Instagram, I don't know, um, deletes, tries to delete some stuff that I guess that she had posted or I don't know exactly, and privates those accounts. See, here's that the police are trying to um, break into the apartment because and I guess at this point he realizes he's about to go to jail so he just shoots himself um so yeah kills his ex-wife shoots himself and yeah that's essentially the you know long story short of what happened um just recently but I kind of wanted to unpack that because I think it's obviously this guy is like clinically insane like he's psychotic yeah, that was that's pretty evident by yeah. the course of that. <laughs> yeah. Um, was there any sort of like again, I I feel like I didn't know as much about the case, but like was there any kind of like I'm assuming there was premonition if she was telling the guards like, hey, he don't let him be here and stuff, but like I'm assuming 
she was like worried about her safety and like he yeah. had threatened her in yeah the past. i mean i, I don't know. obviously the relationship was toxic in general because they did get divorced um but i don't know exactly the details of like i think he was a generally like violent type person maybe um so that's why she had to put like this restraining order and all those things so i don't know like exact details but um yeah that's all i can really say i only have been this is this that's is so sad. yeah this is the story that i've been seeing like online Dude, and I just saw her TikTok account. Like, I hadn't seen her TikToks before, but she literally has, like, 12K followers, just post really sweet, like, inspirational stuff. And, like, I was reading all these comments about, like, other women that were, like, oh, I felt, like, inspired by your, like, words of support, like, going through that and how, like, there were women going through similar situations. But, like, it's really scary, right? Like, if you follow someone and you're, like, you know, trying to get, like, advice from them about, like, how to move on after a bad relationship and, like, you know, being an independent woman, and then she gets murdered by her ex-husband, like, what yeah. the hell? <laughs> I don't yeah. know, it's just, like, like, very jarring, but... Yeah, like, gosh. it's obviously a very, very sad situation, and, like, no rational person is going to hear out, like, this ex-husband's point of view. Like, he, he was just insane. Like, you don't do that. Yeah. I don't care how healthy or toxic a divorce is. You don't just go around shooting oh. people. But um, that being said, I think what a lot of discussion has been on like brown TikTok and like just the brown community in general has been kind of the differences in the way that Indian slash South Asian guys are um, brought up versus how Indian slash South Asian um, girls are brought up. And I kind of um, wanted to, I kind of wanted to say, like, sorry. my perspective, and then, Adi, like, if you have, because I'm pretty sure you agree with everything that I'm about to say, but if you have, like, Yeah, additional... I can, like, break this down sociologically, too, if you want. Yeah. Like, because this is something I've talked about with so many people, and, like, I have, like, try to get more of a deeper and deeper understanding of, because yeah. it's definitely, like, prevalent. But I think, like, with the way that guys are brought up in Indian households is that it's kind of accepted that men sort of boys or men just sort of need a period of time to kind of screw around um kind of like let loose or whatever and so they're not really told no don't do this no don't do that or even if they are the consequence, consequences aren't not, they're not as nearly enforced as it would be for girls. Um, and so <laughs> men are constantly brought up in this environment where like their opinion and their, um, and their like mindset or whatever is kind of seen as like worth hearing or like worth um, listening to. And so that constant like, yes 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 like you are valid your um your feelings or your way of life or the way that you think you want to live your life that is like the right way quote unquote right way to live um when you constantly hear that it's like it get it for any person naturally that'll kind of get to their confidence kind of get to their ego and that's yeah, why like there's like a joke 
online of like oh brown boy ego or whatever it's like every Indian dude has um like an inflated ego or something like that but obviously this case the story that I just shared is like to an extreme of that mm-hmm. and I'm not saying by any stretch of the imagination that ev- like all the Indian guys that I know would like do something like this ever just because a girl rejected them like right, absolutely right. not <laughs> absolutely not absolutely not that is never what I would try to say ever um what I'm saying is with this guy already being like a psychopath and already being insane plus being um raised in this culture where sort of you know their actions aren't really like or the consequences to their actions aren't really punished as much as an equivalent action done by a girl um that culture in combined with his like psychopathy is what just pushed him to think that oh because this girl divorced me and essentially said no to a relationship with me I'm now entitled to harming her physically Mm, right I think also with the there's a huge stigma of divorce and like breaking up a relationship in general for South Asian women in like in our community and our society in general and rather than divorce being seen as a tool to free the shackles of a horrible relationship or a horrible situation it's seen as a burden that women honestly only women need to place on themselves um in the South Asian community and something that they need to carry on from the divorce onwards. So rather than it being like shedding a layer, it's like you should, you're taking on a layer by getting a divorce. And I just think that mentality is so backwards. And whenever I express this opinion to like older generations, um, they just assume that that means that everyone in the younger generation that feels similar to me is thinking that like, oh, you don't need to work in a relationship or in a marriage. You can just like break up or divorce at like the slightest inconvenience. And like, that's not what I'm saying at all. Like no one is divorcing because their partner didn't put the dishes in the sink. Like that's ridiculous. Right. It's like, <laughs> it's like, um, it's because of horrible things like this where like in the past, South Asian women were just it was ingrained in their mind that they just had to deal with it and you should just be grateful that you're married and not like alone or whatever and that marriage was automatically seen as like a promotion quote unquote Mm -hmm. um but now this newer younger generation of South Asian women are kind of like refusing to be miserable and Mm -hmm. it's just that cultural shift it's only really existent within our generation and it hasn't that sort of level of understanding that we have hasn't really translated to the older generation yet or like so there's just like all of this turmoil basically well Um, specific to like marriage and divorce in particular I think like the issue within the South Asian community is that like again we don't speak for everyone right that like disclaimer um but like it also comes down to the fact that like they still view like marriage is important like really important for women and like a necessary step um and so that's like fundamentally an issue too i think they value like 
women getting married more so than men. Like I know so yes. many like young again, I, like me being in my mid twenties, especially like you start to get wind of people being like, oh, like is she gonna get married or like does she has plans to get married? And like it's one of those like I think women like will start to hear like you know like people ask them about plans to get like for marriage and stuff starting um, at literally age 20 because I yeah, I just turned 20 and I'm already like hearing it <laughs> yeah I mean yeah which is its own thing but like just the fact that like they like care about that for like women at a younger age or like just care more about like um women getting married versus like I know like for guys it's not nearly as much pressure like oh you're God. like in by south asian standards allowed to be single for a lot longer like a guy that's single in 30 it's like not as big of a deal um you know things like that it like you know it kind of it kind of creates this issue where it's like for what for like women like marriage is like a success like a bucket list item so then if you divorce it's just seen as a failure regardless of the reason why so then that perpetrates a culture where like okay, if you like had to get a divorce, you're automatically a failure. So then yes. like people aren't getting it unless extreme cases or that burden falls on um, a female. So it's like this huge cycle, which has just been detrimental. But yeah. Hey, so it's actually been a week since the, um, since the beginning part of this pod. Um, we actually just had to stop recording and it's just been a minute, but um, we're back to continue the convo. I'm glad y'all are still here, even though it's only been one second for y'all. Um, <laughs> yeah. But I guess that kind of, the two of us were kind of talking about like this being an issue in the South Asian community, but also again, being South Asian Americans, we have that, that like unique, distinct experience of basically being able to compare both cultures and issues that are pervasive in both. And this whole like new rise of anti-feminism is definitely pervasive in both South Asian culture as well as American culture. And, you know, being a part of those communities, you kind of see that. Um, so I guess I kind of wanted to transition more into um, more of this rise of anti-feminism that we're seeing a lot in, um, in um, American society as well. Um, one person that the two of us have been talking about lately is Andrew Tate, um, the infamous, you all know him and don't love him, um, or maybe you don't know him. Um, and if you do anyway, know him, we're hoping that you don't love him. <laughs> yeah, if you don't know him, good for you, stay that way. Um, <laughs> if you know who he is, hope you hate him um, and you're not a stan. <laughs> but I guess basically the best way to describe him if you've never heard of him is he's like, there's a rise of a lot of these guys and Andrew Tate's a great example of this um but all these males that like are I guess essentially influencers or just speak loudly about their opinions and to the point where people are listening unfortunately <laughs> that's a better way to frame it um but essentially he shares a lot of opinions on like how to grow wealth and like how, you know just like tips for guys um yeah. and so he shares a lot on like again um you know making good investments and like stuff about cars he's really into Bugatti so like just all this stuff but then it and all that advice really garners like young a younger male audience um all these kids that are just like yeah I want to be rich and I want to be cool like him um yeah but then his like rhetoric with women is just awful um and it's kind of just bringing like a dangerous narrative um to you know current society um he said a lot of things about just like kind of like 
kind of having ownership over women in relationships and um, just being super like outdated with beliefs, kind of blaming women. Um, there was one clip, I don't know if both of us saw this um, clip, but he has one clip where he said that it's okay if a guy cheats but not a girl. I mean, he's trying to justify that. So just entirely like oh, not yeah. balanced. I, rem- I remember that he was saying something about how if he goes and sleeps with like a thousand girls or something that's like cardio like that's exercise or whatever but then if a girl even like talks to a guy that's cheating mm-hmm. and I'm like um, and what I are the double standards his like yeah double standards app but like I remember specifically his like justification. I'm doing air quotes right now. Um, his justification is that oh, like for women, it's always an emotional investment, and for like guys, it's not. And it's like that's so antiquated, and I think it's damaging to both guys and girls, which we can talk about a little bit more. But like mainly to girls, right? Like it's not okay for you to be like I can do whatever I want, but you can, and then just automatically assume like oh, like, that cheating's not on the same level. Like, no, it's not. And it just kind of shows, like, he definitely doesn't have an inherent respect for women at all. Like, you know, he has no game. <laughs> There's oh, no way yeah. putting up with that unless they are, like, want his money. Which, in that case, get the coins, this, but, like... <laughs> <laughs> but, like, also, it's, like, this up-and-coming, like, rise of this, quote-unquote, alpha male kind of mm-hmm. perspective. Yeah, this is what the, the picture we're painting, 100%, yeah. It's, like, they think they're so freaking alpha because they feel like they're so much more powerful than women and, like, they can control women. And it's, like, the textbook definition of, like, what a toxic relationship would be like if you were with someone is, like, mm-hmm. overbearing, controlling, thinking that they're, like inherently superior just because they are a man and like I or like the other person would be a woman I remember I saw somewhere like online that Andrew Tate um doesn't feel comfortable like knowing that women can drive or something and so that's why that's why he (laughs) wanted so that's why he wanted to like um move to some for some country I don't even know or like that's why I think that's why he said he actually likes he, because he doesn't understand Islam obviously but because um I think it it was like I forgot which con- Muslim majority and Saudi country. Arabia you can do. yeah if that could be that could have recently changed I mean, yeah I think it recently it. changed but I think Saudi Arabia was one of those countries where women could not drive and so he kind of liked that approach and then I think that in translation for him was like oh i like how islam treats women because he assumes that islam is a religion that is supposed to like control women when if you know literally anything about islam or even have like a single muslim friend you know that that is not the case right um and like culture is not the same thing as religion so it's just oh oh gosh it's like all of that like just being so uneducated about so many different things and then the fact that like so many dudes that just like hate that they can't pull for lack of better words the fact that they can't pull and then they like hate themselves because they can't pull um hate women as a result of that 
And then they see a guy like Andrew Tate, who's like, quote unquote, rich and successful or whatever, spewing the same type of things that sort of gives them an excuse for why they can't pull. And then yep. they're like, oh, like, this must be like, the way of the world or like this must be like the truth and like everyone else is just brain quote-unquote like brainwashed i'm just like what is what is happening right i mean in a surface level it's funny because i'm just like okay like who hurt like my first thing though is who hurt y'all you know or like if you're not getting game let's talk about that you know if you you want like real actual tips to get and like to get game we can work that out you know but like why feed all these false like narratives but honestly like i think what's more scary is just like the fact that we think we've like per like i think we are all kind of under a false like pretend like or i guess a false comfort in thinking that we're like progressing over time um and like getting more rights because right at one point like women couldn't vote and now we can and like we're trying to close up the wage gap and stuff like that and so it feels like we're getting like going further and further but i think that's why it's important to kind of like address this sort of new wave of anti-feminism that's been like slowly creeping in because mm-hmm. again people there's so many people who say like um oh like entertain is satire and like there's a lot of other like people like him like all like that's why male podcasts get the reps get the yeah. reps that they do right people are always like oh like but i've heard a lot of like podcasts where it's like these like alpha male like perspectives um where they just kind of share all these things that like just are inherently disrespectful to women these like that like these huge generalizations about women and stuff just that just isn't good a lot of these more like traditional viewpoints and i guess the bigger thing to highlight is the fact that this is growing and that like it's going to influence like young men and like the way that all kind of shape society is kind of scary right so like there's so a lot of entertainment fan base is like a lot of these younger like guys on their teens and like you know preteen and so like if you're listening to this and you're like oh this guy's so cool because like again he's like rich and successful and he like has so much control and you know like if you start to like idolize him you're gonna like start to internalize all these like negative views about women and like when that shapes into you actually having relationships like that's scary you know like and we talked about that story earlier and yeah like that's an isolated event that happened to her. But I mean, we kind of need to look at like the more person-facing issue, which is respecting women and like seeing them as equal. And I think as we've had society progress and like we've gotten more rights, people kind of think that it's not an issue, but we still have issues, right? Like the wage gap still isn't closed. And now we're seeing like all these people who actually don't like view women as equal, you know, or like aren't respecting them on the same field. And Um, even just, like, beyond if you would consider this kind of, like, a micro level or microaggression or whatever you want to call it, I feel like there's also um, this sort of sentiment has kind of seeped into larger things and people who have maybe more influence than, like, I don't know, Andrew Tate. Um, I think you, like, mentioned this to me and, like, I've been seeing it on TikTok, too, but... There was this, um, there's this one activist on TikTok. What's her name? Like, Olivia. Oh, my gosh. I don't know her last name. Uh, a queen, though. Olivia something. She's 19. Um, and she, um, 
what did she do? She like raised over a million dollars within 72 hours after Matt Gates, some rando, he's in office, right? He's in so he's like a Florida congressman. Let me tell you. Yeah, there we go. He's a congressman and he fully like body shames her on Twitter because I don't he said something about like, oh, the people that are most worried about getting abortions aren't even the people that need to be worried about getting pregnant so basically calling like so many women ugly or whatever um this was during like the speech was during sorry that i'm interjecting um the speech was during the turning point conference um mm-hmm. there was a turning point conference that just happened in tampa we we talked about this in the beginning right but I don't basically think so. or i don't know if the two of us talked about this or if we talked about it while recording yeah <laughs> um, but basically tampa just had a convention for turning point which is um trump's alt-right media um, yeah. Basically, Matt Gates spoke at it. Um, he's like a uh, Republican congressman for Florida, and he was saying what you were saying, but he also literally had her picture up just as like, you know, he's like trying to describe a type of woman, which was being disrespectful and like incredibly misogynistic, that yeah. too. But he literally was like, oh, these like women that look like thumbs and like wouldn't have any like like getting pregnant wouldn't even be an issue of concern yeah which is just incredibly problematic yeah (laughs) like how and then some people were saying like oh you need to just ignore it and like not really pay attention to it but I'm like okay if you do that then you're kind of just assuming that these kinds of comments will exist in political space and that you just need to accept it and kind of move on and just and it's like, no, we shouldn't be accepting that that is a comment that an appropriate comment that you can make at all. Like, why is an adult going after a teenager? Why exactly. Can you? Like, like, all that like tells me is that you don't have strong enough talking points to properly back up your argument. It's not telling right. me that you're some uh, macho, like, alpha male dude. Like, wow, I'm so hot. Like, no. I say this to people all the time, so it's like a, definitely an over like stated conversation. But I hate people who use ad hominem arguments, and what that means is when you attack someone not based on their views and counteracting their views, but based on like characteristics about them. So like if you like calling someone ugly, which again people like have done that rhetoric with Trump. Like I'm not saying that like any either side is like isolated in this, but like. Yeah. I don't, it's not a strong argument to counteract someone by commenting on their appearance. Like you should comment on their policies and values because that's what you're like actually supposed to compare, right? So like yeah. for him to come after a teenager and like comment on like appearance and stuff, make like wide generalizations that are like incredibly misogynistic and harmful, yeah. like, well, that's embarrassing. Like, what are you doing? Like, that's yeah. not a strong argument. You're not as cozy as you are. <laughs> like, no. No, for real. Um, but basically, like, her, her response instead of, like, I agree that, like, yeah, a lot of times when you kind of get under fire, people always say, like, hey, you shouldn't, like, you know, like, don't respond or, you know, like, don't get super defensive. But at the same time, like, you kind of want to stand up for what's right. And, like, I think she had, like, honestly the best response, like, to be, like, confident in yourself and be like, hey, like, don't disrespect me. But then to turn that attention to something positive, like, the fact that she turned that into a campaign to, like, raise funds is just so badass to me. And, like, now that she's like, hey, like, you, like, have funded one point something million dollars 
is what it's at right now. I think like 1.3. It's insane. Like yeah. um, million dollars toward abortion funds because she it just brought be awareness to it. But like when I checked this morning, it was a million dollars. That's insane. Like yeah. it honestly good for her. But it kind of, it goes to show like I'm incredibly like impressed and empowered by like how women have kind of like responded to all these issues that are still like pervasive today but it's so disheartening that it's 2022 and we still have issues like this come up like yeah like the same stuff that people's grandmas had to protest against we're still protesting today Mm -hmm. which is sad like i think um with like Roe being overturned like there's just so like i feel like we're slowly chipping away at our rights but it's just at such a gradual level that like it's not enough for people to kind of like get up and be like oh my god like this is like the last straw like i think it's happening in such a subtle way that like um this is also something that Shreya was telling you about but like there's like a lot of guys who don't even understand that there's still inequalities that exist or that like anti-feminism is like happening because i feel like it just happens in such a subtle way or if you're a guy you just don't pick up on a lot of like these experience lived experiences that women have that like there's a lot of people who aren't even aware of all these like little nuance like all these like issues but especially like post row i feel like it's emboldening a lot of people to just be so disrespectful toward women and it's i'm glad we're talking about it because it needs to be talked about 100 percent yeah and i think like the theme that we're trying to get at in this episode is just like how like misogyny is definitely misogyny and anti-feminism is definitely not like a thing of the past it's very much something that exists and like at least before there were certain court cases or laws that were in place to kind of protect against these policies or like these ideas seeping into legislation but now with the overturning of Roe I feel like all of that has I don't know if it's like a cause and effect thing at all but the general theme that's been happening for the past month or so has like been this anti-feminism and misogyny seeping into legislation for example overturning of Roe v Wade obviously um but then also I saw this thing where there was, I forgot the name of the Supreme Court case, but apparently it's legal that um, companies can deny their employees, like companies have to give their employees um, healthcare and like that and give them like healthcare insurance and stuff. And before I think, I think birth control was a part of that. Um, But now if employers are against birth control morally um it can be denied for under that healthcare insurance policy like you would have to wow. you would have to like pay for it out of pocket i'm pretty sure that's what it is um you can you can like don't quote me on that but i'm pretty sure i think it's like either the employee or it's like the person like physically giving you yeah i think it basically i think it was almost like grow vibes where it's basically like it's no longer nationally required or protected so it's like up to their discretion which again it's like one of those like nuances that conservatives love because they're just like oh like i mean the way they're saying it through it's like there's not been an abortion it's like it just is leading up to the state so the government doesn't have to decide on it it's like same with this they're like oh like we're gonna leave that up to the employer instead of making a national law stating that they like have to fund birth control of healthcare when in reality it is healthcare. Yeah. Um, so it's like it's just one of those where like they just love to be like, oh no, it's just shifting responsibility when in reality it's like 
no, like you're not letting, oh, like these type of issues shouldn't be up to the, the discretion of an employer because it's absolutely health, right? Like yeah. from a medical perspective, people go on it for acne, they go on it for um, hormonal control. Like there's a million different healthcare reasons to like to deny certain healthcare as part of like an insurance that's up to the discretion of the employer is just like wild to me. I don't know. It, we live in a society, man. Like <laughs> what's going on? <laughs> yeah I think that's a great way to sum up this episode we live in a society yeah I don't know I feel like it definitely what you were saying I think the t- takeaway is just kind of understanding like the nuances that this rhetoric has and like so first of all being aware that this like that a rise in anti-feminism is happening and like we need to actively combat it instead of just be like oh these alpha males are funny or like no one believes them like no we need to like make sure people aren't being influenced by it and like speak out against them or um like that girl did like use it to your advantage but like stand up for women we need to make people aware that this is an issue and then also be aware of like how this is impacting people right like we had a very extreme story in the beginning but like yeah. stuff like this builds up right the entitlement and like lack of respect and stuff it adds up you know so so what would you say would be like the way to combat all this because I honestly don't know I don't think there's a simple solution I think there's it needs to be a multi-pronged attempt like a multi-pronged effort um so it's one step of that is acknowledging that like hey there's like this negative rhetoric being said and combating it. Like, again, um, Andrew Tate's, like, not, doesn't even have a TikTok, but a lot of his clips will come up, like, on TikTok or, like, different social medias I'll see because a lot of times it'll come up in the context of people responding to statements and saying how they're problematic or saying how they have fallacies. Like, there's one point when he said he, like, tried to use a study to claim that men are smarter than women because they have higher IQs when, in reality, he tried to use a Reddit forum, which isn't accurate, and then he tried to use a study um which had normal distribution that like didn't have a good sample size of women and then also like had a bell curve where men were the smartest and least smartest iqs and so he was just like extrapolating data inaccurately um and so having people kind of call out these fallacies as illogical helps the general public understand and kind of like have this awareness of like okay what these people are saying like you need to understand that it's like their opinions and it's not credible and that's like problematic and i think that's one step is to like bring that awareness so a lot of people understand especially um what we kind of talked about is like the especially vulnerable population to these beliefs is that younger men like younger guys like in their teens I think are especially vulnerable um to kind of like idolizing these like these like men and having these negative attitudes um so I think that's one way to do it another way is just to have general empathy like um and then from a legal standpoint just make sure that we're trying to you know like obviously Roe got overturned and that was a big blow but just in any way possible that we're we're providing legal support and um continuing to bring awareness to ways that things are unequal because otherwise we run into this cycle where like men don't understand how like how there's issues even though there are so many glaring issues and you know kind of like making sure that both from like a society perspective and legally that we're being respected as equals. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think that kind of sums up. I feel like this episode was kind of just like 
us observing kind of our experience and kind of narrating our experience and then obviously providing an example of when those mentalities kind of go to an extreme and how it can literally lead to life or death. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I really, like, as you said, I don't think there's an easy solution. I don't think there's a quick solution to this. I don't even think this is going to be something that's going to be solved within our lifetime, if I'm totally honest. But um, I think it's worth, like, sharing our perspectives on this and just other people feeling emboldened to share their perspectives also and start those discussions because I know like, for example, with the murder of Sonia Khan, um, it sparked a lot of discussion within the South Asian community Absolutely. about gender roles, divorce, marriage, like all of these things that I feel like our generation kind of talked about or talks about, but it wasn't really exposed to older generations because they are just like stuck in this mentality of like, this is how it is. Like, this is what, op this is the only option that we were given. And like, I didn't, they didn't even know to sort of go against that grain or it just, it was unfathomable. Um, but I think with illustrating things like this and showing how like our generation isn't just like making stuff up and we're just like complaining for the heck of it. Like this is real stuff that we're witnessing in our day-to-day -day lives and we're seeing how it manifests. I think just like showing those things and explaining those things and exposing older people and in, in turn more people to these ideas will eventually create waves. I don't know if that's a very like naive or optimistic. Um, I think it's real. I think it's realistic. I mean, yeah, you know, like, again, there's no quick magic solution, like you said, but yeah. I think sparking, like sparking conversations the way her story did in general is just like, I think that's the first step and you know just even us discussing this will like hopefully you know allow like all of us to kind of take a step and acknowledge that these things are happening and you know spark conversations which in awareness which is the first step to essentially trying to make changes so. yeah all right well until next time folks when some other crazy thing happens in the news which it probably will in like two days um, <laughs> honestly we've been um there have been many recent events that have summoned us so expect to see more content from us at some point <laughs> yeah but until next time folks have a great night bye 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 y'all peace out